check out that new intro, y'all. Did, did did you hear the difference? I hope you heard the difference. It's like high fidelity now. Yeah, that was um, since episode zero uh, of this of this uh, podcast. We have used uh, Jim's recording of the uh, LucasArts Stinger for Tie Fighter, which, uh, if I recall, was just done through DOSBox's Sound Blaster um, emulation. Uh, so it's the one most people are probably familiar with. But that was recorded using uh, actual Roland hardware. So I'm a little giddy about it. Uh, but welcome, my friends, to episode 200. 200 of the Space Game Junkie podcast. I as always can't believe we are still doing this shit. Why? Why? They haven't shut us down yet. I I quit. I'm done. I'm too tired. No. Uh, Joining us as always is your co-host Jim. Yeah, as always. Yep. I ain't got (laughs) shit else to do. (laughs) Well, I hope this. I hope this makes your Tuesday nights great. And uh, also joining us is your co-host Hunter. You know, I may be late to the party, but I sure do liven things up, don't I? God you damn got right. a lampshade, man. <laughs> you, you, brought you, know, that, you, know, you know that rug really brings this room together. No, you brought the lamp. It's a major award. You know, it's the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, uh, he was with us last week, and uh, we had so much fun, we decided to bring him back. Uh, Spaz, friend of the show, chief of security, our own personal wharf. Welcome back, Spaz. Oh, did did we give you the mighty band hammer? Was that... That's the deal. Oh, yeah. The red shirt. Oh, he, and he, he got the title and everything. He is uh, our Yar, our Wharf, our Odo. Which 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 one would you prefer of the Chiefs watch of Security? Out, watch out for the black goop. If I had to choose, I <laughs> oh, would be Odo. If I had to choose, I would be Odo. But which uh, which Chief of Security would you want to be? I, I think you, you know it's Wharf. I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going to say, it's got to be Wharf because his ballot brings... <laughs> My Valdez kills all the threats to Picard, and he's like, you're better than you are. Damn right. I'm better uh, than you are. That's great. <laughs> I could teach her, but she was killed by Tar. Uh, <laughs> that's the best rhyme. Oh. Who is the chief of security? And it's all true because it rhymes. Who is the chief of security on Voyager? Did they have one even? Tuvok. Uh, Tuvok, yeah. Oh, I thought it was like really? the, I thought it was the science yeah, he was, guy. Or was no, it like he was a multi- the tactical. He was the tactical and uh, chief of security. Oh. So he he was in charge of like like logic and objections. Yes, it's funny. I'm going through this podcast called The Greatest Generation, which, by the way, folks, if you haven't listened to it, it's a wonderful Star Trek: The Next Generation recap podcast. And they really point out what a horrible chief of security Worf actually is. Like he is a really re- he's really bad at his job. Yeah, he didn't really come into his own until Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, opinion. no, yeah, I agree, totally, totally agree. Yeah, he was, it, I mean, he was great on Next Gen when they utilized him. This is not a good time, Keiko. You know that kind of, you know. Well, was it was it like say, Cisco just let him off the hook? Was, well, no, because he like, wasn't really it. chief of security. He was just like another officer. Like he, yeah. Uh, he was actually put in charge of the Defiant, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, lived he on like, it. Yeah. He lived like on who, it. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> right, well, especially if you're war. Especially that. I mean, it's a cloaking ship. How could you not give the, our only cloaking ship to our only Klingon officer? Come on, tough little ship. <laughs> you know, and that was the other thing. He did better. <laughs> he did better in the next gen movies than he did on the next gen show. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely feeling aggressive tendencies. 
Uh, well, well, at- well, bear in mind, they the reason why they used him is, oh, anytime they needed a threat that was to, just to show how tough it was, what did they do? They had to kick Warfith's ass, whatever it was. Or you fire all phasers, fire all photons. Oh, it's completely ineffective. Warf barrage. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so naughty. A warf so, barrage. So if you missed with the photon torpedo, did, did they tell, was it like, oh, you warfed? Oh, yeah. like, oh, you warfed it. Know. You pulled a warf. You totally warfed it. So, I mean, you know what? That's my new, that's my new thing. You, you warfed it. You warfed it. <laughs> and that's why the trope is actually called the warf barrage because uh, it's completely ineffective. And it's just to show, oh, this thing's tougher than, you know, whatever we have. And so we have to think our way into some sort of new uh, way to handle it. Right. All right, well, uh, that was a fun little tangent, my friends. Um, so, folks, um, usually here on the Space Game Junkie, uh, what you may do, we either t- <laughs> we either talk about a specific game, or we talk to a developer, or sometimes we talk about a topic. And for our two hundredth show, I wanted to take a step back and take a look at the genre as it stands today, because. I've said this before. When I started Space Game Junkie, um, because I thought I was going to go play all the old games, uh, like the CRPG Addict. I thought I was going to go through all the classics I'd missed on like all the other platforms I didn't have. I don't know if anyone had any idea the resurgence of space gaming that was coming. You know, I I, I know I didn't. I I don't know if anyone saw that coming. I mean, I'm not complaining, but. Now the space game genre is like going, feels like it's kind of going full blast. Like a bunch of shit just came out. Some shit's just going to come out on Friday. We got uh, Starfighter Origins and Flat Space 2 coming to Steam, both on Friday. Yeah, Um, but caution, caution on the Starfighter Origins. Isn't that from the ghost ship guy? Yeah, and I don't know if you all saw my video, but uh, yeah, I hope he fixes his controller problems. Because there's pretty serious. I don't know if you watched the video, but the ship uh, near the end would fling itself into the ceiling and kill itself. Committed suicide multiple times. Because even it didn't want to be in that game. I um, I, I think <laughs> I don't know. But the ship ejects itself. Yeah, but we wanted uh, to uh, step back and take a look at the genre as it stands today, what it's doing right, what it's doing wrong, what we wish it would be doing better, you know, that sort of stuff. So I thought we'd start off, uh, and I want to get this out of the way. This is not going to be the rag on Elite Dangerous for the entire show podcast. We're, I don't want to do that again. Oh, Jim. I, if thought, I, I thought it was. No, Jim, if I detect that that's happening, I'm going to put a kibosh on it. I'm going to find a sound effect to play. Maybe the um, the Price is Right losing horn. Uh, no, I can. No, I can do better than that. I can do better than Yeah. Anyway, so it's. I'll largely stay off of that because I want to stay off of the topic. Well, first off, I don't want to. I don't want to salt mine on our two hundredth show, but. Um, right. Well, we're gonna get a little stages. salty. We're gonna get. Su- we're a, gonna get salty. Bit. Yeah, a little salty. Yeah. yeah. It's it's things. It's not that things that are broken and bad. It's it's rare that we actually get bad games. We just get some pretty great games, and then some games that we see a lot of potential that's just not being actually 
exploited. Which is probably true. Which is probably true of any genre, but because we're so hyper focused on space games, I think we notice it more. Plus, I think because space games allow for more variety, mm-hmm. you know, that I think, like I, th- I was, I was thinking about it, and I think there are some games, type of space games that are flourishing, like two D and top down space games. They're all over the place. Four X. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh well, this, this has been the year, man. Oh. oh my god! And and here's the thing. Now, why is this different? I don't tell me if you guys feel the same. I guess we're starting with what we wish things would be doing better. Um, I feel that there we are being overburdened. I'll use that word with four X games. There are just it feels like there are too many. Well, and it's bad for everybody because the market's yeah. like too thick right now, mm-hmm. and you know the average consumer has a limited amount of funds. Right. So right. it's going to be like, what do my friends have? Um, so the, what do my friends have vote goes generally to early adopter stuff because right. it came out first. Right. Um, but then again, there's enough differentiation between like, if, if you, if you want a lighter four X kind of thing, then yeah, the new master of Orion's great. Right. That's a, that's the gateway drug or stars and shadow stars and shadow is also a very efficient, Kind of lightweight, yeah, and it and Stars mm-hmm. and Shadow looks inviting because it's kind of cartoony like that. Yeah. So you just figure like this is going to be a pretty lightweight game. It's a little heavier than what you'd imagine at first glance. I think but, it skirts the um, line pretty well, honestly. Yeah, it, it does all right. And it, you know, I'm shocked that the Star Sector guys like they they got out of the website business. Apparently, we ran them out of town, and they decided. Uh, you know, they couldn't fight us anymore, so they'd have to just make a game. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah, and yeah. they're making and they're making a very clear homage to Master of Orion two. And then you have Remnants of the Precursors, which is an homage to Master of Orion one. That was formerly called Java Moo. Um You know, you there's things about Master of Orion one that I very much agree with. Oh, I love Master uh, of Orion one. Yeah. Well, the one thing is where you don't specialize a planet, right? It's like a planet is going to produce science. It's going to produce mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to yeah. produce food. But yeah. you got sliders. Mm-hmm. So you can say, you know, we're going to lean this. We're going to lean this a little more this way or that way. And and your different science types, right? You're going to produce all kinds of science, but you can kind of focus a little more heavily in one than the other, but it's not mm-hmm. like you can just drain out the other ones completely. They're right. going to trickle, you know? So, so it's like, that's a little more like reality there, because if you look at earth, this is a planet that has done everything that we've done. Right. As far as like all the technology that we have, we're, we're very round. It's a self-sufficient thing. So uh, if we were like some backwater world with a mining station, <clears throat> then sure. But if we're, if it's like another Earth-like planet, I would I would say that they would be a largely self-sufficient thing, right? Yeah. But then you get into the weirdness of trade between planets, mm-hmm. because if you have planets that are generally self-sufficient and it costs a lot to ship things right. between planets, what are you going to trade? Well, obviously, things that uh, you can't get on the other one because it's so right. much better to get it locally. I don't know. I, I mean, there, there's a whole trade thing to discuss in 4X games, but we won't well, tonight. Well, I mean... There are a few 4X games that are, are really trying to do something different. Like Star Ruler 2 is very different. Um, and Star Ruler uh, 2 is way different. And, yeah. you know, th- this It's kind of hard to click. It's kind of hard to click with it. I love it. Well, but- all, all, all the people that are super hype 
on uh, on Stellaris because well, it's real time multiplayer four X. Uh, so okay, you know what? Get mass. Get Star Ruler two. Better and game get it for your buddies. It's a better game. And well, you know what? It doesn't take like a month of playing six <laughs> hours a day Sorry. to get through a yeah. game. You can you can kill it off in an evening, right? And since <clears> the Solar <throat> Empire as well, although it's a little less 4X and a little, a little less RTS. But then, well, you know, the, there's there, you're, you're looking at a kind of a couple of different game types, though. Like, with Sins of a Solar Empire, like you just said, it's not exactly 4X, but you can also have really long gameplay sessions of that, too, sure. just depending on how you set up the multiplayer part. Like, if you add like three or four stars with like a hundred and something planets and it's only like four people playing, that's going to take you several hours to play that. Even, even possibly a few, few weekends to get through a match like that. Um, but it's all, it's all in how you play it. Stellaris is almost equivalently the same thing. If you play on a small map with, you know, only a few people playing, you could probably get through a session in an afternoon. But I feel your burden and your pain, though, because it makes sense. Well, yeah, and it's a, it's definitely the much cheaper game. So if you want to yeah. dip your toe, multiplayer space 4X thing. But, but they're also... Uh, check out Star Ruler. Yeah, Star Ruler and Predestination is also fairly different in that it involves uh, detailed planet management as well. And it's so actually I heard, very good. I, I was listening to the Explorminate podcast <clears throat> this morning, <clears throat> and uh, Nate was talking about uh, um, God, what is it? It's Star Drive, was it? Yeah, Star Drive One. Um, Oof. which you know, yeah, which exactly Oof. that was the reaction everybody had. But yeah. the deal was that um, he apparently just like ran the engine out of he he couldn't get any more crap in it, right? And he he had it like about three quarters finished, and then he hit the wall. Like I just cannot allocate more resources in this engine. So I'm going to move to another engine, whatever. So, um, but it also is a real time game that's, that's got multiplayer in it. So apparently what Nate was saying is the mod community is still banging away at that thing. And they've, yeah. And he said, they've really made something out of it. So we should look at that sometime. Maybe it's Uh, worth a look. Yeah. I guess it's worth a look We're we're, we enjoy mods. Yeah, I think mods mods are going to come up later. But I, w- I was going to say we um, we have a an overabundance I feel of four X's, but we have a lot of these two D top down space games as well. You know, we had tons of them, and yet I don't feel oversaturated by those. No, I, I would like to take thirty thirty death war and just like rub it all over my body. Yeah, that or Astrox or Drox <laughs> Operative or. Uh, reassembly. Space Rangers Two. Space Rangers Two. Uh, God, what was that other one? Not Predestination. Uh, Transcendence. Um, Transcendence is great. Yeah, there. Are, and the thing is, I think it's because those play those games play a bit more quickly. But I think in a lot of ways they're also more satisfying because they're just much more visceral and down in the dirt, as it were. You know what well, I mean? Well, you don't have to screw around with, like piloting a ship in 3D because a lot of people just aren't into that. Yeah, but but they like the space idea. Yeah, and and I don't. You know what? I like that. I think that one of the things that's succeeding in the genre right now is all these 2D games because there's plenty of variety in them. Like look at Unending Galaxy. They took uh, the X games, which are I've always thought pretty boring. 
and made them into a really vibrant top-down 2D extravaganza. You know? Well, you so, know who really loves 2D games? It's Khan. He's who? really into 2D space games. Khan. Khan is definitely into 2D because he no. doesn't think three-dimensionally. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's, I, ah, I, I, it. I was waiting for Brian to get it. The sick burn. God damn it. Um, I don't know why I didn't get that sooner. Probably because I'm so fucking tired. But good. that was good. That was good. Good job. Good job. Um, yeah, you know, I don't I don't mind like the 2D platforming myself, but at the same time, I feel like because there's so much of them, I don't have an interest in them as much. Like if it was like a couple of here or there that were like really good maybe, but you know, it's like the 4X thing. I do believe that we just have a, a huge saturation of not just the 2D top down, even like the, like the pixel art versions of things, but we also have too many of the 4Xs. So it's just... Uh, like well, like, some ga- like Unending Galaxy. I'll pick up Unending Galaxy and screw around with that before I'll screw around with, like, X Albion Frontier. Oh, yeah. Because it's a hell of a lot more approachable. And I can just pull up the map and see what's going on. I can buy some other ships and do my thing. And and it's like I can immediately jump into, I'm going to start grinding toward business management here and buying stations and doing things. As opposed to the X Games, where I just want to like fly around and be a pilot of this ship. And I'm not really so interested in the whole like i'm gonna set up a business empire because the 3d kind of breaks me out of that like i just want to fly around and sh- pew pew you know yeah it makes sense and well then, oh, sorry god no i was gonna say i mean I, I i i do get the approachability of i guess you could almost say simpler games to kind of just dive into doesn't take forever to load the damn thing because you you have to like load all the 3D modeling. You know, it's you can play it, you know, on older systems even, you know, throw it on a cheap laptop and you can play a lot of these 2D games more or less. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think um, the one thing that we, we, I think we all really wanted to talk about, and I think um, I could kind of hear it in your voice, um, Hunter, because yeah, there are a lot of these two D games, but you, you know, what we're really missing are the three D space games. And yes, we've had a couple, a few here and there, um, like Elite, like Evercron, Ethereum, Everspace, Everspace, but. They're much more fewer and far well, between. Well, an enemy starfighter, what whatever it became called, um, uh, House, of, House of the Dying House Sun. House of the Dying Sun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, that, uh, because, like, uh, little, oh, yeah. no, I'm, a, I'm fine with that game, what it is. Uh, it's cool. Because we knew it was going to be like little bite size, whatever. I, I put it and, uh, and um, though. What's it called? You just said it. The Everspace. It's not, it's Everspace. Thank you. I was thinking endless space, and it's like no, Everspace. I put it and Everspace like in the same little box. It's it's like they're they're that thing of like iterative, quick, contained area mission things. Although Everspace is more like roguelike, you know, where you're trying to progress, and then it's like a rubber band, right? You get killed and you snap back to zero. Um, not not so much with dying. Yeah, dying some, um, but kind of the same genre though. It's bite-sized stuff, right? And I'm cool with that. It's fine. Yeah, I, I guess that could make sense if you want to look at it from 
a perspective of something just simple to dive into. I I was I was so looking forward to a Hotas of House of the Dying Sun that when I got into it and it was like it's better if you play with a controller, I was just like, you know, that's not what I was hoping for from this game. It's, it's kind of like, it's better better with a mouse though. Um, really? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's that it's that whole like being being led up to it's it's the no man's sky, right? Like you can do all of these things, but you can't. Mm. Um, that's that's how I felt about about it. And maybe one of these days I'll jump back into House of the Dying Sun and give it another go with a controller and probably really enjoy it. Which is mm. why I enjoyed probably more than most people the new Call of Duty Infinite Warfare game, mainly because a I hadn't played a new Call of Duty since Modern Warfare Two. And B, I was just looking for something that's not a sim, not taking itself serious, a simple story I can play through that's got quick action, some space stuff in it. I'm flying to other planets. I, you know, I'm commanding a space carrier essentially. You know, and it was just it was simple and it was easy. Nine hours of fun. <laughs> yeah, honestly, what what I long for that because people are doing okay. So there's there's space RTS stuff like we got the excellent Homeworld remaster. Oh, thank God for right? that. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Um, and uh, you know, so we got stuff like that, and then we got like Armada Three as a mod. Uh, we, you know, we've had oh. just amazing 4x stuff. You know that there's too much to play, and and that. But what's not happening, other than in free space mods, is nobody has made the next great Tie Fighter, Wing Commander whatever, right? Where it's a privateer. Okay. Privateer is what I really want. I want something that is not just a fighter thing where I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Tom Cruise on an aircraft carrier and I just go top gun and, you know, through a 40 mission campaign. Nah, but I want something that's a little more open world than that, but it actually has a narrative in it, which is the thing that elites not delivering me. Mm. That's, that's Mm. the problem with elite with me is because there's not a story. Right. And, and I have, I, I could make a whole podcast of ways that I could fix that and I'll I'm not going to do it, but uh, there needs to be a threaded story that weaves through that. Even if you're going to have a lot of random number generated side mission stuff. Great. It's like Skyrim, right? I want Skyrim in space mm. with, with a privateer kind of game. Oh, right? So something a little along the lines of what rebel galaxy did. That's what I was just thinking. Yes. Well, like I, mean, Rebel, I think Rebel Galaxy it. is the closest thing we've gotten to yes to that the sort of The problem is yeah. Rebel Galaxy escalates quickly. Like once you get out of the first thing cuz you're like a lone ship and then you start getting a fleet and then you get big ass ships, right? And then finally it's like, well, I'm flying around with a herd of star destroyers and the game's over. You know, so it's it's just like, well, if it had never escalated like that, and it was just like, hey, I'm still a guy vulnerable in a ship. The ship gets better and better, but it never becomes, you know, like a capital ship thing or whatever. So I'm always at risk because there's something that can kill me. I easily. guess that is one thing that Privateer did exceptionally well. That's been yes, really unmatched is the pacing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, because it, it was like it, they they made you learn the game in the first system. And it was still risky. Like I, I many even times you, die before you got, I get out of the first system. Even when you got a Centurion, you know the fighter in the game, you could still run into some Korathi that could totally kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's things in that game where it was like, uh, I'm not just I'm just not going to go there. 
right? I don't feel like that risk. <laughs> the risk reward is not, it, you know, because it was actually a barrier, right? So it's just like, if I fly that course, I know I'm going to run into this thing. Not, not so, but then games like elite, right? I can just avoid that and and still get to where I'm going in 10 different ways. Right. And that's kind of another problem there. So it, it's a, it's a deal of like, I, I want some kind of story that develops. I want NPCs to talk to, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be like mass effect kind of grand conversations. I just, I just want to have, you know, something like some people that I care about. Right. Other than just my ship. So, and, and even if it's just like the mechanic that you go visit every now and then, right. But he acts like he's getting to know you or something, you know, that's, it's fine. And the, uh, you know, the bartender, right. That's another thing that rebel galaxy did brilliantly is because, you know, like wing commander, right. It's like you go to the bar and that's where you meet people and have conversations and stuff. And it's, yeah, it, it did all that stuff just beautifully. And that's why they need to make more, please. And God damn them for teasing us on April 1st um, with the privateer thing. Yeah, don't be too mad. Uh, that's all I can say. But don't, don't be too mad. So <laughs> That's all I can yeah, say. But don't I, be too I, mad. I, have, I have a very strong feeling that yeah, you, that, you was, sh- you that should... was not. Yeah, you, yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason, Brian, that I'm sitting here saying that I'm jonesing for privateer. And Rebel Galaxy you're, to have a baby. Let's, let's just say you're not the only one. And that's all I could say about that. <laughs> Welcome to the spoiler cast. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. I it's see like, nothing. I hear nothing. <laughs> but, like, yeah, we really... Like, there are some classic games that... It's like, why is everyone trying to emulate Master of Orion 2 and so few people are trying to emulate Free Space? Or... Independence War or Privateer. And and Elite is not trying to emulate Privateer, it's trying to emulate Elite. And I guess I guess you could say Star Citizen might be doing the Privateer thing, but we don't really fucking know, do we? Do we? Well, nope. well that's see this is another do thing. We? Right? I so don't know if we do. The, the games the games that we end up really liking are like the two D stuff that's that's like bite size and we can deal with it. Right. And the devs, they're they're small and they could deal with making something that scale. And the problem, though, is like the other games. And I and I hope it's not like rivet counter syndrome with what went on with the flight sim genre, where it's like the audience pushes like we need more and more and more. It's like we need we need atmospheric planet landings and we need to be able to get out of the ship and we we need to be able to dig like it's freaking space engineers, you know, and it's like, dude, don't take don't take like. Star Citizen or Elite, and then try to cram space engineers into it. Please exactly. let it just do the thing that it does. Right, and so that, that's honestly where I think that that game ran into trouble. If if um, if Star Citizen had never flirted with walking around outside the ship, I wish it never had. We would I be playing a completed had. game right now. Yeah, because I think that has been so much of the hassle all along. Well, has been I, 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 Star I, Marine. I would agree because I noticed a difference between versions of the game before they added in that FPS module of things where you could like run around the station, get your ship, and go get in it. Before that was a thing when it was just you in a in a damn cockpit, right? Doing doing just the flying around. 
the game was noticeably better. Like it, it felt very playable. But now when like you get in and run around, there's a chance that you might just like somehow randomly glitch out of your ship or your ship will glitch through the station or, and I know that they've yeah. been making slow improvements on that, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't want to keep beta testing this thing for the next, you know, four years until it's ready. Like I, w- I want to play something now that will have something worthwhile that has weight to it that actually I can enjoy. Right. And it, or had they gone like a cartoony route with it, like Grand Theft Auto kind of thing? Then that, that also would be a done game at this point, right? Um, well, because it, because anything could have been Star Citizen by now, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, but it's, it's just like, I feel like what they're doing is let's take a game that's like Elite and then bolt Mass Effect onto the ass of it Ugh. and try to make both of these like triple a games and and it's just like oh man you know if if chris had just made another privateer mm, multiplayer because honestly that's what it's from it's from multiplayer privateer that he was working on and then it just spiraled out of control and way out of scope so i mean do we really need a big desert planet with a dune worm on it and like speeder bikes and sand like people that's called osiris it's already done yeah exactly and that's fun game. Yeah. I just, I just, I, just, you know, I wish, I wish, and, and again, this is just hauling back to the Call of Duty thing. It was a game that was made relatively quickly and all, all honesty from a AAA developer. They put it out there. They, they weren't trying to do all these grandiose things. It had a single player, eight to nine hour like thing. And it was just, it was just simple. Uh, have people have probably gotten bored of that kind of style of thing because they've been playing all of the COD games? Probably. But from someone like myself who hadn't played one in forever, it was, it was a grand, it was a grand thing. I think the the issue that we're running into now is, is games are so boring. We have to look towards mods just to keep them alive and interesting because we're not getting anything else that we're enjoying. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm just a that, fiend for story. Well, it's, it's Please, that what you're saying here, but it's also the, the fact that there's just so much oversaturation in the market. Right. I, you know what? I really wish there were better ways to play games. Like the one that you helped make Spaz, like the, uh, the multi crude type ships, the pulsar style of gameplay where you have to work cooperatively. Each person has a role to accomplish something, you know, that, that kind of stuff, even, even if it has a small narrative, like go out and explore something. And then when you get to a certain point, it's like, Oh, you found this thing. Now go find this other thing. And you just work as a team, something like that. I, I, I just, I would like more of that. Honestly, I'm into Avorian, right? We haven't talked about Avorian in a while and I need to check back in on it and see, because the, the problem with it was when you tried to multiplayer it, um, where people would like the very first players that would get on a server, they would strip mine everything out of the newbie area because you could make robot miners and just they would automatically just clean everything up. So then new players would come in. That means me, and there's nothing, and you can't build anything. So then you have to start like jumping around, but then you end up in the evil places, you know, with no guns, and so it that didn't work out. And he'll fix that, I'm sure, but. I really love what that game is because you just start out in a little pod and then you mine some stuff and you bolt a ship together. So you kind of get your, you get your crafting fix 
you know, a little bit of like space Minecraft. And I think of all the games that's done that, that one kind of does it the best because I like the physics that are going on there. Um, you know, it's, it's like, um, uh, light speed frontier is pretty cool, but it just doesn't have that physics thing going on. It's a different type of game. You know, that that's, he, he, they're going a little more arcade with it. Um, but Avorian hits it like in the sweet spot for me, right? And the and the enemy ships are freaking weird, you know they don't they don't look like anything that I would make. So that keeps it kind of interesting. Um, I just I kind of wish that there was some story going on there more than what there is. See, I keep coming back to that like the narrative thing because it it matters to me a lot. It really does, and I think one of the reasons we don't get it in a lot of games is because it's tough. It's hard to do well. It's hard to do convincingly, and it takes a lot of effort. And so I, I think I think this is also why we um, get a lot of multiplayer only games, because like yeah. I just want to make something and put it out there. I don't want to, but I, I hate to say developers are lazy, but I think some of them are. Like I don't know if you saw the video I put up this week of uh, Vesitas. It's that top down shooter. It's 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 the one of the laziest games I've ever played. It's so lazy. It's just like, oh, we're going to throw some shit in here and we're going to sell it for $6. Like, you know, I, when I was watching that video, I have to say, it kind of reminded me of that, uh, what was it called, 100 Years, the one with the goat that you played. You know, that was that was more interesting to play because it was just so bad. It's like watching, <laughs> yeah. it's like watching the, uh, the Megaforce of uh, video games. It's like, it's so bad. It's it's yeah, all right, it's you terrible. know. But this yeah, you was this toss was know, like, oh god, what's up? What's up? You know what I I would really go for in multiplayer? What's, what's up? Is um, uh, God, it hurts. Starpoint, Gemini, Warlords, multiplayer. Please do it, do it, do it. I I bet you a crisp shiny dollar that that'll be their next thing. They, I would hope so. They've put I, mean, I know it's on their list. They've put so much work into building out the universe of this one, you know, yeah. and, and, and adding so like, many features. Oh, yeah, that and it's it's kind of got the story going on there, but you can also throw it in the sandbox mode and not give a shit about the story, right? And the fact that you can build bases and stuff, right? Like if they were just like, all right, well, here's four factions. Choose which one you're going to belong to. Join the game. Now you're in a server and uh, and you play it. And you know what? You end up with something that's very much like freelancer discovery, but modern. Hmm. So there's that. And I, honestly, I think freelancer discovery, as far as multiplayer space games, that's perfection right there. As perfect as it is right now. That, that does it, right? It's a small enough world that you don't get lost. It's big enough that you can't see the whole thing from, you know, like you can't stand on your porch and see the end of the earth, right? Um, but all the planets are different. But there's some there's some jank in there, right? Like you know, like all the planets are are named after Earth cities and stuff. It's kind of weird. Well, it is still early access, huh? Oh, was Warlords is still early access, so you know. Oh yeah, they'll work yeah. on some of that. No, I'm no, I'm talking about freelancer. Oh, like, freelancer. Like sure. we had like Planet Philadelphia and Planet New York and stuff yeah it was it was weird how they named everything like that it was it was nations right like there's like a german system and all the planets are named like you know dusseldorf and whatever um 
Yeah, it's 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 like Earth nations. Every every nation has a solar system. It's kind of funky, but you know, I can look past that because that's not the gameplay. But the gameplay is is just baller. I, I love it. It's great. You can go in, you know, hundred people in a server. Hey, we're gonna put up a server. Look at that. Isn't it beautiful? We're gonna do it. I'm doing it. <laughs> what are you doing? Which what server for what? Oh, the for the freelancer. Oh God, yeah. No, folks, um thank you. I'm sorry, I'm juggling a bunch of things here at once because the stream is all kinds of fucked up, so I'm just tweaking with it to try and make it better. I apologize for the quality. I'm trying to fix it. Um well, if you wanted quality, you shouldn't have invited us. Uh, That's what I'm saying. But, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah. yeah. Folks, we're going to try and spool up a Discovery Freelancer server because, um, just a side note, because we, yeah. um, we, we I, I looked at Allegiance. We're going to play Allegiance. I'm like, ah, it's still running. We should play it. And so I logged in during their quote unquote prime time. There were five people playing it. And, and that's not a game like Jump Gear or Discovery where you just be like, oh, there's no one else around. I'll just go do missions and stuff. No. Uh, you have to have other people online to make teams. Those are the five most dedicated. They really people. are. <laughs> and that's the thing. You have to have, like, multiple teams, you know, yeah, to, it's, to make it's that like, game work. It's like there's a, there's a game of StarCraft going, except every Zerg running around is actually a human. Well, that gets a lot less interesting if there's three guys on each side and there's a big map. There must have been yeah, two just, guys on each side and maybe like one commander or something like that. I yeah. don't know. That must have been it because that that sounds so dull. It needs bots, dude. Oh, bots that, would fix that, that. That game doesn't have bots. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like all. if you're making if you're making a team versus team multiplayer game, add fucking you bots people. Need That's bots another problem we have out. with this game with this genre right now. All these people are making these multiplayer games like Vestitas, and expecting people to show up and play it, and then no one plays it. God Factory Wingman. Yes, because you, even if you made a good game, no one's going to play it because no one knows who you are or what your game is. Ugh. Yeah, I go on I go on Steam and I see this game and it's like it's multiplayer only, and then I, no. I go to you know I pull up the advanced Steam thing in in Chrome, and then I look and it's like ah, oh, there's only like two hundred people playing. And it's launch day. Hmm. Pass that, uh, <laughs> because I know there's going to be nobody, you know. And, and that sounds like, like well, a lot. Though. Be worthless real soon. That sounds like a lot though for some of these games. Like I remember the one time I tried, the one or two times I tried to play that God Factory Wingman game, and I didn't and even. You're look- the only guy there. Yeah, I didn't even look at the Steam thing. I just logged on, and said "Find game," and I just this, wait, 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 wait. It's like yeah, and that that is a game that needs to go free to play then it would be booming. It would be great. People would love to play that thing, uh, but you got to give it away and then like and, sell additional ships for, and it looked DLC like a great a game. It looked like a great game or, you know what? Yeah, add a, so add a PVE mode. I mean, that's how I get interested in multiplayer games is it has also PVE, you know, like guns of Icarus or, or, um, or, uh, eternal crusade when they add a like PVE- fractured space now. Oh, is Fractured Space have PvE? No. Yeah, they put a PvE in. Yep. That, yeah, game, that game is making leaps and bounds oh, strides. Really? Good, good, good. Yep, they changed a, really? a lot of stuff about the maps. Yeah, it's it's time. We need to dip our toe back in there. 
And that, yeah, that so, is, there's no bots, though, unfortunately, to fill out multiplayer matches. Oh, come on. Yeah, well, but, uh, but it doesn't really need it because it's like, what, like six on six or something? So it doesn't, it's not desperate for it, but it would help, you know, like sometimes when well, you're I waiting think, for a game. I think if we're going to talk about the Discovery server for freelan- or, yeah, Freelancer, right? I think, um, hmm. I think we should mention that we're going to be getting rid of the Space Engineers one. No, the space engineers one is getting rid of itself. <laughs> one one patch at a time. It's deconstructing. We we had um, a server. It fell through the planet. It's gone. Yeah, mainly because it's just it's one of those things where for us, um, specifically me in general, trying to support uh, such an endeavor with its constant patches that break mods that people want, and then the mods don't work, and then they have to find other mods that we then have to use. And it just becomes kind of a thing that we we have to support a little too much than what we were wanting. We want something that's a little easier to support, you know, the occasional reboot here and there if there's like an update, you know, something like that. Nothing, nothing like what we ran into with this. And besides all that, the community has definitely spoken to the fact that uh, they want a discovery server way more than they want a space engineer server. So that's enough for me. Yeah, yeah, and and the nice thing about. Uh, Discovery Freelancer is you don't have, the, even if there's all, no other people on you can still do missions you can still fight the AI you can still fly around a what feels like a fairly populated universe and still have a good time because you you can even play that one single player if you want to you know it's just there's no story but we have played Discovery Freelancer before and we really liked it and uh, oh yeah we're having one of the uh, the folks that are working on it on the podcast in a few weeks. That's oh, going to cool. be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a good time. I, I just want a new X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. The, you know, and uh, by the way, did uh, did David's Kickstarter make it? It did. Okay, it did. They're at like $4,000 and like 20 hours to go, so I figured they couldn't fail at that point. So that's good. Um I, but you know, I hope what they make is amazing. Um, but I would have been happy with just X-wing versus Tie Fighter again. You know, like as a multiplayer thing online that's got an active player base. And well, I'm gonna, mouse controls. I'm gonna be honest about it. I I backed it, but the fact that it's solely PvP, there are no bots. It's only player versus player, and it's it's mission based. And and that like okay, if it comes out free to play, then it'll be okay. If they if it comes out ten dollars or less, it'll be okay. If they price that thing as a thirty dollar title like God Factory Wingman did, problems because then you'd never get enough critical mass right up front. And if you don't get critical mass on day one, you'll never get it. So. That and and to anybody else that's making a multiplayer space game, just like throw Steam keys out like it's candy at a parade. Well, get well, people he, in there on the first day. Well, here's an interesting it's, thing though. RMTZ in the um, in the Discord chat here is talking about um, Eve Valkyrie, and he's saying most days there's maybe 20 people playing that, and they gave it away with Oculus Rifts and whatnot. Yeah, oh, that's so the we, sh- we should we should actually talk about that real quick. That's an eight hundred dollar game, not a free game. Well, it's not eight hundred dollars. It's less than that. But well, six. 
but 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 it's not just with Oculus anymore. You can get it on uh, a few of the other platforms now. Sure. So, but having any- said that, though, okay, I I was I was watching a, a lot of the Eve Fan Fest stuff this year, and one of the things they covered massively was the Eve Valkyrie content. Like all of the Eve Online content, every expansion, everything that they do is free. Like once you're in the right. game, you get all of the subsequent content for free. So they have come out with massive amounts of of content. They are getting ready to come out with this like ground warfare version of content too, where you're like fighting over like a refinery station or something like that on the planet. Anyway, it it honestly like I I am honestly considering shelling out enough money just so I could play this because it looked fan freaking tastic. Well, that's good. Because yeah. the space, the the combat, it's not. And then someone asked if, like, you know, during the Q and A session, they were like, "Hey, is the ground combat going to be? Are you going to fly the same way that you would fly in space? Because obviously, you're in a gravity well compared to in space." And they deliberately like, "Well, we're not doing any of the Newtonian stuff, and we're deliberately keeping the the combat style the same so that it translates, you know, no matter where you're playing." So. I thought that was kind of interesting too. No, that that's pretty awesome. Um, what worries me about that and other VR games, though, is that is the adoption rate of VR high enough to support that kind of thing? I don't know. I I don't. We'd did have to my look voice at some statistics? But did my voice need to go that high? I don't know. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know why I, I did that either. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I gotta say that I think VR unless drastic changes happen in the landscape of VR, I don't think VR is going to make it. It's uh, it's like, it's a cool thing that nobody knows what the hell to do with. And they've made the mistake. Oh, people know I, what to do I with feel it. it. Tragic. Well, I feel that it is a tragic mistake that people have libraries of thousands of games and then you get a VR headset and you can't do a damn thing with them. If it somehow had backward compatibility into your existing library, they would not be able to keep those things on the shelf. Hey, man, right because- now on Steam, I've got 20 VR games. Come on, it can't be that bad, right? You know, it's funny. Like, I installed the, Ocu- the uh, not Oculus, the uh, Vive thing, because I, I had that headset that I was experimenting with, and there was a way to fake it into thinking it was a Vive. So I installed the Vive software, and for some reason... I continue to get VR games dumped into my library that I have not bought. They, it's just like they're there, and they're so, not free games. I don't know how the hell it's. So here's an interesting. Here's an interesting thing. I just pulled this up on Business Insider from November of 2016, and they're looking at like the forecast for global VR headset shipments and stuff like that. And they break it down into three categories. You have your smartphone-powered headsets, you have your game console-powered headsets, and then you have your PC-powered uh, headsets. Can, can I predict something? That what? the smartphone-powered things are like 100 to 1 more. Yes. Than, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what that is. So they're saying, like, so in 2016, they're saying it's probably like 5 million smartphone-powered headsets, right? And then you've got maybe two and a half to three million of the game console. And then like less than that is the PC stuff. So you're, you're casually the, the, the ironic thing here is your casual market is going to be the one that's going to get into it more. Um, 
And what's even funnier is the mobile market is the one that's going to get it the most because it's easier if you've already got a phone that has this feature enabled. All you have to do is get like the Google Cardboard crap and you're already playing stuff. Yeah, Um, it's like I got a $600 phone. I don't need to buy a $600 Oculus. Right. You can buy a $20 plastic oculus holder of course of course experience experience is going to vary like you're not going to play you know eve valkyrie on you know the google pixel but Uh, oh you think not i think not i uh you should try a samsung gear vr sometime it's it's an oculus bro it's like it's same okay like you might you might have similar experiences as far as like your 3d experience but the quality of the game is not going to be there i don't think well, but that's that's the thing, right? Is they need to support tethering the phone to the PC and then treat it like an Oculus and you're there. Right? It's that's it. That's that's end game at that point. Is you can still make your your VR games. You just need to support like Samsung Gear VR and all the Google cardboard crap by tethering the phone to the PC and then pushing the data up the USB pipe and it'll take an app on both ends and you're gold. Yeah, that's see, a problem that's, I tried to solve for months and I couldn't get it to work. That's so. that's a that's a third party like person doing something like that. You're not going to get first party support for that. I, I uh, wouldn't think. You know, Android could build it right in to their next OS. That well, would, I mean, if they you, did it, then you'd be set. What's the what's that what's that app? The Moonlight people that use the yeah. the Nvidia the Nvidia um, Experience console to push. So it's like it's like if you don't have if you don't have like an Nvidia Shield for example, you can still have the same experience cuz it'll push your content to like your smartphone or like a tablet. Right. And and having done that, I get 10 milliseconds of lag at 1080p going across my Wi-Fi and so yeah, it's completely doable. But and, but I just I I also will say that I think I agree that it's 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 going to be a niche and I don't really see I don't really see it being like the next big thing. And I honestly, I don't want it to be the next big thing like VR. I, I really, I really don't. Um, well, it's, it's like connect on the Xbox, right? Like if only one in 10 of the people that has the console has it, our developer is going to develop well, for it. Nah. The problem, the problem is though, is this was, you know, VR is way more interesting than the connect is in my opinion, because the games that you got for the connect were bullshit. Like, I mean, really, like, I, cause I, cause I, cause I, cause I tried some, cause I had to connect at one point. I was like, well, let's, let's give this, this new fandangled technology a whirl. And I'm just like, these games are boring. They're dull. They're not interesting. But like, you go play E Valkyrie or you go play like any other like first person shooter or you get in one of those like mono treadmill things that like lets you like run around through the game with the VR headset on your experience is completely different than trying to bounce a ball by waving your arm in the air in front of a sensor. Right. But the problem is that the state that the game market is in right now with VR, because nobody has figured out how to use it and everybody's afraid, like, well, there's this percentage of the population that gets extremely motion sick, right? Because it's like, well, the first time they ever put a VR headset on and they get a little barfy because of the motion stuff. It's like, well, yeah, Probably first time you rode in a car, you got a little car sick, right? Um, so it, it's like it takes a little time for your brain to get used to that thing. But in in doing it with, uh, you know, like the the phone stream deal, right? Like I'm running around, I'm playing, I'm playing like Battlefield Two, 
running around for like an hour and I don't feel queasy as, at all. Right. So it, it's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's everybody, but they're so shy about it. So, so what you end up with is, uh, things where, well, it's like, well, we, we want to do room scale where you can walk around, but you're going to walk around in like, you know, a five foot by five foot area. Well, not a lot of people have a five foot by five foot completely clear area. That's like in front of their PC. I don't. Right. I, don't I certainly don't. So, so room scale, that's out for me. I want cockpit games. I, w- I want to play, I, w- I want to play like DCS in 3D, which I've done with the phone and it's glorious. Right. And it knows about doing side by side mode for a phone. It's built right into the game. All these other games are like, well, we got Vive or whatever support. Right. And you can fake the phone into being a Vive. There's software that does that. Um, and and play all that Steam library stuff, and and it's fairly compelling as far as the VR experience goes. The problem is that all the games, it's like when the Wii first came out, nobody knew what to do with that motion controller. So you got a bunch of of like whack a mole games, right? It's just like here here's a twenty dollar game that's like a, a five minute arcade experience, right? They're they're not games, they're experiences. Right. It's like, here's the thing. You ride a roller coaster. Okay. Or, well, even the high money thing, right? uh, On uh, PlayStation VR, like the big banger on PlayStation VR is Battlefront, right? With the the 3D X Wing mission. Dude, it's like a half hour long X Wing mission. It's amazing. But you can only play that one mission so many times, right? And because right. it's the same, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like the battle pods that you get in Dave and Buster's. Like those things are fun, but then after a while, it like wears thin quick. Um, yeah. yeah so I think, uh, I think I think we've been beating the VR over the head. It, it, it's definitely a, a problem area. Well, go to Best Buy and try to find a 3D TV. I'll wait. I'm not yeah. even interested. You, you can't. There, there is no such thing as a 3D TV at a retail store anymore. It ain't there. It's done. So I think with VR, yeah, you know, there's the initial hype and hope, but if they don't figure out how to get a compelling experience, that's a real game, not going to happen. And resident evil seven on the PlayStation pulled it off. They, they VR that thing. And, and from everybody that I've heard play it said, it's absolutely amazing. And they can play a first person shooter you know, for hours and not get barfy. Right. So that should send a message to the rest of the industry. Like, Hey, first person shooters are just fine. You know, go for it. Hell, Pulsar just added VR support recently. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to get my phone back out. (laughs) I sure did. Um, yeah, apparently RMTZ says, uh, the good solution is to do it the elite way because, uh, mixing VR and 2d, Apparently, and yes, Alex, that was my fault. I uh, did not turn off the mixer in time to stop that noise from going to the stream. I apologize, everyone. Um. um anyway, so I kind of, I kind of want to dive down another hole of uh, do it fascination do it. and disappointment at the same time. And do that's it. The mods. Let's get into these mods talk. Mods. Because because as much as I have so appreciated the Star Trek Armada 3 mod, and let me be honest, I do appreciate it because it mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. I am I am also disappointed in it. Um, I'm disappointed in it, and I'm I'm disappointed in, and, and frankly, 
uh, just the, the state of the mod community. Cause mods like, especially when I'm looking at total conversion mods, I'm not talking about like, Oh, this will add like a cool little thing here, a little thing there. That's different. Those, you know, those are like player made DLC, right? I'm talking about like these total conversions that we get that they get hyped up. They get a lot of attention. There's a lot of cool things happening and then you don't really see anything from it. And you might see a finished product, maybe, I don't know, probably not. Um, and even, I don't even think, uh, I don't even think Star Trek Armada 3 is considered a finished mod. Is it? I, th- I thought it was? Hang on. I, I mean, I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I do apologize. Um, I'm looking it up. But, right yeah, I'm kind of looking into two, but I'm looking at like the the Phoenix Project guys who were working on a whole bunch of mods for Homeworld. Like there was a Battlestar Galactica total conversion mod they're working on. There's been a Stargate total conversion mod they've been working on for years. And the amazing thing about that Stargate mod that they've been working on is that they got permission from uh, MGM and from uh, EA to utilize uh, MGM's footage from Stargate, like the actual show, like in the game for cutscenes. And then they were able to license the same menu that DICE used for the Star Wars Battlefront game. So they they have a lot of professional touches put on to their total conversion. But um, the last major update that they announced was like in 2015. And then there's been tiny little like maybe... uh, little updates here and there to fix like a crash issue here or something like that there. But the only thing you can play of it is the first three missions as a demo. Uh, sorry, Hunter, just a second. The stream is down. I know I'm working on it. Oh, Brian, are you recording? I think he's working on it. I, I know. I know. I just didn't know if he also started the recording before or not. No, I did. I did. Yes, I did. He set himself an alarm just for that. I did nice. on my phone. I have an alarm on my phone where I set it to start. Rec- I said, I said it actually yells at me to start recording 15 minutes before the show starts. We should be back live. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, everyone. I don't know what happened. Stream just totally crapped out. I had to play with OBS more. I don't know if it's a Tuesday night. Th- you know, I think it's a Tuesday night thing. Because I don't have this problem on Thursday nights or other nights when I do this. I think it might be a Tuesday night thing. Seriously. So I apologize, folks. Um, Hunter, what were, you, what were you getting at with mods? I, I was, I kind of lost, <laughs> I kind of lost what? track of that. What, what, were, what were you getting oh, at? Uh, no, um, oh, yeah, um, I'm, um, I apologize, uh, folks. Sorry about that. And, and Hunter, I was not really listening because I was trying to fix that. It's, it's quite all right. It's quite um, all right. Well, yeah. I I'm looking I'm looking at the the Star Trek Armada 3 stuff and I was talking about the mods for Homeworld for example and you've got some of these guys that are considered uh like independent development teams specifically designing these total conversion mods for these games getting approvals getting licenses like to to utilize certain things Hell, there was even a guy who got CCP's approval to use their ship models for a total conversion for sins that used Eve Online stuff. I thought that would have been a cool idea. That has since kind of like done nothing. You haven't really seen it in a while. And I know these people are doing it voluntarily in their spare time. Um, 
But that's, that's again, I think part of the problem is you see these passion projects started up by people that really want to do them or by independent like developers or companies. And unfortunately, because they're doing this stuff for free, it doesn't really pan out as well. And I get so excited sometimes for these mods. And then I have to remind myself that I shouldn't get too excited because just like the hopeful, like, chance that there might be a great triple a game coming out i.e like mass effect you know i just get my hopes up and it's like it's cool to see these total conversion mods but like when were when was the last time you saw total conversion mods be super successful like i mean really they're they're the uh there's the survival the survival games that you've been seeing out now that are mm-hmm. like spinoffs from like the main game that they've been doing those are you know, becoming a thing. The last time I saw any any kind of mods become so mainstream and popular, I it was Gary's mod. You know, like what was that? Brian's race car. No, <laughs> I'm I don't know why that started. I apologize. Turn left, Brian. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Neither I'm, do we. It's it's very unprofessional for someone who's been doing this two hundred times. Uh, <laughs> I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on right now. The truth comes out after 200 episodes. I'm just hitting buttons randomly and praying that things work. And most of the time they do, but sometimes they don't. I'm sorry. I'll go back to my corner now. And eat this leaf. Okay. Um, so, anyway. um, in your experience, in your experience with Star Trek Armada Three, is there a campaign? No, no. That's that's the problem with a lot of mods. Is it's only they're only like skins. You know, they're only they're only yeah, they're only like models and skins. A lot of them. Like, I think the best mods I've been encountering are for Free Space Two. Because they have the source the source code, obviously, but also people maker people are making whole new stories, like Blue Planet and 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 Between the Ashes and all these other um, full campaigns. It's not just skins; it's stories. And I think that's what a lot of lot. I think I think that's what a lot of mods uh, miss. You know. I think anyway. And uh, RMTZ, uh, you still can listen to the audio-only version of the podcast. Uh, that does get released on SpaceGameJunkie.com. Uh, we just like doing it live, you know. Maybe we won't do that anymore. Nah, it's we'll, we'll keep doing it live. <laughs> no, we will. Yeah, I, um, it's, it's just a pain sometimes. Anyway. I think, I think the, the, the overall, I think the genre is definitely in an interesting place as far as space it, games is concerned. It really is. Like I'm not disappointed, but uh, I'm not happy about it either. I'm I mean, nervous. We, we 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 touched we touched. I mean, because at first it was going in a good direction. We got a few things here and there, and we're like, "Oh, look at these things that are starting to come out. This is really cool." But I also attribute it to the massive boom just in general in the gaming market. So, like we've talked about the genre, but like the market in general is like each year Steam launches more games than it did the year before. And I'm just like, how is that even freaking possible? Like, what the hell is going on? And, you know, it's 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 all this shovelware crap where it's just like somebody took a whole bunch of Unity assets and goes, here's a game. Or 
someone took RPG Maker and go, here's a game, and then you and you have to find the 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 gems and the ever like flowing mountains of crap. Um, I I've read somewhere that uh, all the eighty uh, percent of the games that have been released on Steam since 2014, that's they were released since 2014. That's the thing is that's 80% of the games on Steam altogether have come out in the last few years. That's obnoxiously just ridiculous. Like I It's insane. And I know I know I know I know Valve is trying to work on a new system to like curtail like the the green light system and to actually, you know, try and stop all the crap that keeps coming on there. But it's just I I <sighs> that is just stupid. Stupid, stupid, and, and Steam doesn't make it any easier when they start adding in like software advertisements and movie advertisements. I, 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 I mean, at that, least you can filter those. Mostly, kind yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, you can you can set it up so that you're filtering out, you know, discovery options. That you can actually filter the, you know, filter out early access games if you don't want to see those. I mean, at least some of those features are there, and it's getting better. But it got a lot worse before they started to get better. And they do say they're going to... Um, this is something I would really love. They, the Steam says they're going to try and make uh, curating much more important. You know? Um, that's what I got from those videos from um, Jimquisition and um, Total Biscuit anyway. That's the big takeaway I took is that curating is going to become a lot more important, which is good. I mean, yeah, g- give people yeah. an incentive to curate good content and then let people find those curators that match their interests. I think it's a great idea. You know? Um, but, yeah, when will that happen? Who knows? How many games will come out between now and then? Now and then? A billion. Will we be able to find them? No. Yeah, and the, I think the I think the other problem is is we run into this all the time, where we see a game and we're like, "Oh, this is great! I wish this other game had this because that would make this other game better." And I wish this other game didn't have blah blah blah. Like, there's there's we we run into like these great aspects of games, and yet as a as a whole, they're not great. <laughs> um, or or if they're if they're good for like short little things like Space Beast Terrafright great little party game for a few friends. You go play that for about an hour, maybe an hour and a half at most. And that, I mean, really after that you, you've played it, like there's nothing more to really, to really do. Um, you know, and then that kind of stuff isn't bad. You know, it does, it fits its purpose. It has, it has its mold that it fits in and it does it well. Unfortunately, you know, we've got almost too much, of, of these little things that are trying to fit that purpose. And it, it's just too much to try and even sort through. Yeah, that's a fair thing to say. That's a very fair thing to say. I mean, we were talking about saturation earlier with 2d games. We were talking about saturation with four X games. I mean, there's other types of saturation too, like visual novels. I'm going to goddamn visual uh, don't, novels. Don't even, don't need on Steam. What's uh what's that one game that we like to play? It's it's a it's a uh, isomorphic, I think, um shoot shoot 'em up kind of space zombies almost. Um 
you start off on a ship and you get ejected in a pod down to the ground. Oh, um, uh, uh, did not Red Solstice, but uh, uh, well, Red Solstice is another one. Red Solstice is another one. Mm. See, like those games are fun, but like I feel like I should be playing these with friends and not by myself. I it, does that make sense too? It, oh yeah, it's totally. like they're they're you know these games are fun. It's almost like. I, I want more PVE, but I I don't want that much more PVE because I don't have enough friends on a consistent basis to play all the PVE, right? I want more, um, you know, good games. But, you know, if, if a game requires me to play with other people, i.e. like Star Trek Online, for example, you can't get really that far in Star Trek Online after a certain point. It requires you. It forces you to play with other people. And in some instances, I get that. But don't make that like the end game content. Like, don't don't do that. And that's one thing that I actually wholly respect about the turnaround that Swotor did, um, where it was like it didn't know whether it was an MMO or an RPG because it certainly wasn't both. And they finally they finally gave you a way to just play it as an RPG. You could link up with other people, and you saw other people around, but it it became more of an RPG than anything else. You know, I'm also kind of you know getting frustrated with the survival of crafting games. I mean, Space Engineers is a perfect example of just my frustration has hit the roof. But then you have something like Empyrean that comes along, and it's wholly better. Um, it does things in a different way, and there's instancing in some in some aspects of it. But it, it does it what it does, and it does it well. And Osiris. Or Osiris, and Osiris is doing what it's doing, and it does it well. Um, I'm, I'm, I recently hit a snag in the survival crafting thing uh, with, um, oh, dual universe. I, I got, I'm getting a little nervous, guys, about dual universe. Um, and the reason why is, is they, they're they, so they're supposed to do a monthly update video. And they missed March and they, they put out their March update video like just today. Um, I, I'm mainly because they wanted to finish working on some things before they updated people. And I understand that. But, um, you know, as a backer of something, you know, I paid money into that. You know, it's we're, we're, we're approaching the mid mid mark of April and there's still no information on an alpha, right? So I'm I'm getting kind of concerned because they said beginning of 2017 there'd be an alpha, and there's no alpha yet. So I'm getting kind of kind of nervous. Yeah, I guess that's another thing that um, hmm. I guess that's another thing that um is a problem with space games uh, and star Citizen is an excellent example of this is setting expectations. Like a lot of game genres, I guess fall into that problem, have that problem. But I mean, it feels like, especially with, with us, it feels like with like, especially like star Citizen and dual universe and all these other games, like, like, I mean, I know space games are hard to make, but like, don't tell us you're going to be done in a year or two. If you're not going to be done in a year, if you don't think you're going to be done in a year or two. Or don't add a whole bunch of other stuff on top of what you've already said you're going to do. And then still say, oh, we'll be done in a year or two. Right. You, you under promise and over deliver and then you don't fall into the feature creep issue. 
or at least that's what you plan for. Hey, uh, speaking of semi semi spacey games, the um, just as a as a bit of news, I'm sure you guys are aware, but StarCraft, the original StarCraft, is free. You can get that today for free. Version one point one eight. It's its first patch in how many years? But yeah, they made it free. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. You know, it's uh they they improved some things for compatibility with newer systems, um, but it's the original game. It's not the new remastered game that's going to be coming out this summer, um, which you will have to buy if you want it. But uh, that's really cool. If you guys are wanting to go relive your 1998 uh, fantasies of being a Terran in an unknown part of the universe, go have fun. Or a Zerg, for that matter, if you're into that. Uh, so I killed a bunch of Chrome windows, including the Restream I.O. window, and I think that might have done it. I think that's just what I have to do, is not have so many Chrome things open. Which is, you know... Chrome, Chrome is a resource hog. It really is, and and my computer is on the older side, and yeah, OBS isn't using much CPU right now. It's only using like 6%, but you know... Other things are going to slow it down. So, yeah, may, hopefully we've uh, dealt with that problem, folks. At least for now. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell is that? Um, someone just said something really strange on YouTube. So, what, like, let's try it into a positive note. Let's try and start wrapping this, because we've been talking a while. Um, what do you think is... What do you think are some of the best things that have been happening in the genre over the past, say, few years? Like, what do you say? What would you say are some of the high notes, you guys, of the genre in the past few years? Well, just the fact that it's here—that's okay. probably the best part. That's true because um, we didn't have didn't it for a while. Five years ago, it was going to no, be. It's know, true. We started as a shrine to old dead games. That's what we thought. And that's now, that's yeah, the whole site. Yeah, that's we're what trying we to tread water. Oh my god. Just Just look at some afloat. of the early posts, you know? It's uh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's well, it's a weird it's great, but I'm worried about when the next downturn's going to happen. Yeah, I just um I feel like we haven't had any games even in the resurgence that have surpassed the the glory of the golden era right and but that was a simpler time you know budgets were different and such um but it, it's it's like as happy as i am to see it coming back i would like to see somebody tackle a, a you know something of the scale of like an x-wing tie fighter wing commander free space Two, something like that um just something simple that doesn't try to do everything um that that's kind of what I'm wishing for, you know, but I'm happy that people have, have done what they've done for sure. And, and I would say, you know, of the stuff that has happened in the last five years, there are very successful things. It's, it's just, it doesn't quite measure up to the nostalgia that I have for the, for the greats. Of the yeah. 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 I, I, I'll yeah. agree with that. I think, I think there's definitely a few developers that have given it a shot and they're still trying. Um, I think like Empyrean, for example, we've talked about them already. They're definitely continuing to still 
still try. And some of these Forex games, even though we have a lot of them, some of them are, are really good and they do what they do really well. Um, I think we're just in this, we're in this weird lull of, of game development in general where it's, it's so massive and there's so many people that are into it now. Um, I'm, but I, but you know, I'm really thankful, you know, if, if you want to call it a space game, you're technically on a space station more than a spaceship. But I think one of the better games of the last, how uh, several years that has ha- come out has probably been alien isolation. Um, I, I think they they nailed the the vibe of that world really well. Um, the jump scares are are, are done right, um, and, and and frankly, it, even though it can be <laughs> intense, it's still it's still fun to play from time to time. Some of the, some of the remastered works that we've gotten are pretty good, and even some sequels are halfway decent. I haven't really had a lot of time to jump into it, but the the Homeworld sequel, Deserts of Carrick. Has has some good to it. Um, I mean, it could be better, yeah. but you know, I think I think I think it's true. It's really kind of it's really kind of a, a weird scenario because we want to see the things that we thought were great from years past be be made either a, a new version of or something that was equal to to that you know we, we've talked a little bit about star citizen I, I i would be remiss if i did not bring up uh star wars galaxies you know and what you could do in that game especially by the end of it by the end of it before they they canceled everything you had uh planetary flight you could fly your ships from from the planet to space you could fly around through space warp to the different star systems land on different planets you could you could be whatever you wanted in a galaxy far far away and it had narrative and it had you know it had all kinds of stuff like it you know i feel like the games that we're, we're seeing people try to make day today have already been made we just need them to like remake them but with better graphics and a better engine um so yeah i think part of the problem shows up because it's it's this mix of the nostalgia factor plus being tired of all the rehashes, but also wanting iteration. And it's kind of a hard balance to, to hit. No matter how hard you try, it's really hard to find that balance in a single game. It's just not there. Maybe because one of the other factors is is overpowering the others, but how do you find that? You know, if you can't find it, do you become a dev and then try to build it yourself? It, I think that's what a lot of devs I, do. I think that's what a lot of yeah. devs do. Like a lot yeah. of them, so many devs over and over say, I wasn't finding the game I wanted to play, so I decided to make it or something to that right. effect, which is great. But, you know, some of them don't work out. Like, remember that one game, Jim, that we had on the podcast like a billion years ago that was awesome and then nothing has happened with it since? What was it called? Galactos? Oh yeah, the the cupcakes and the, the flying cupcakes with the turkey mothership and and everything. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was that was beautifully bizarre. That was it. wonderful, and it, it played great. Remember how well that played? It was fast, yeah. and it was agile, and it was awesome. And then, eh, like that. Yeah, the difference is they didn't have a huge Kickstarter and then disappear. 
Oh, so that's true. They just disappear. That. But that that seems to be a problem. Like life happens for a lot of yeah, developers, and especially when you have a small team and they're spread out geographically, mm. and you know, like all it takes is one important member to have like a real life issue, and then mm. it's just like, well, we're a team, but now we don't have a 3D modeler, right? And we're dead. So you know, it, it only takes that. Um, and then of course there's no budget. So it's not like we can hire somebody in and also like dedication to the project can, can fade because there is no financial incentive. It's just, you know, it's a passion project and maybe one person's a hell of a lot more passionate about it than the other. And, you know, it's whatever. Um, yeah. I hate to see those things go. All right. I mean, it's kind of, it's like, if you, if you're going to walk away from it, I, I say, please, turn it out to the community and just be like, Hey, look, we had to abandon this and we'll probably never get back to it. Here it is. You know, just let somebody else pick it up. Yeah. I mean, I, I think once the reality hits of how difficult it is to make and market a game, a lot of them just fade away, which is really, really sad, you know? And a lot, that's why I think like RMTZ said, a lot of developers are just sole person operations. You know, and even some bigger houses. Thank you, Memory Leak Death. Like Double Fine, they'll make a thing like Space Base DF9. That brings yeah, up another. Then, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, and then what happened to that though? Oh, uh, like, but yeah, I, that, I was going to say that brings up another thing: early access. Like we have never had the level of access we do to game development that we do today. Through through For better early or access. worse, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is it is great I, I in a lot of ways, but well, I think that it it should be a I'm going to get early adopters in here so that we can mm. get the last dose of polish on before we ship it for real. Not that then, I need this and extra then it money. Got used as a, right, then it yeah. became a funding model uh. and that's where you get spectacular failures. So, using it as a funding tool is not good. For anybody. Well, well, Steam isn't helping by allowing reviews of not finished games. Yeah, see that that actually frustrates me to death. I I really right? think that if something is in early access, there should be no review for it. I think there should be like a feedback section for yeah. the developers and or the developers a, only to or, read. Yeah, or call it a preview and don't score it, but let people read it. But but be or very even clear. Let, even let people thumbs up, thumbs down it. Because if something's in early access and boy, it stinks, I, w- I want to kind of warn people. I, I would I like want to it know. To fade but, off the front page. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. that, that's nice. But like, but saying a review, this was an early access review. That that doesn't. That, I don't think that differentiates it enough. Still, like, I, I no, really think. Well, what what about yeah, this? All, Instead yeah. of green light, how about take that green light place that's like in the back corner of the shop and put all the early access back there and never does the early access shit hit the front page. That's only complete games. And then if you want early access, I would like that step into that that area or like maybe there's a bit of a sidebar, like here's the early access stuff. Go here to look more, you know, and that's it. Yeah, because Because it's hard to tell, you know, like a game, it says early access on it. Right. But it's it's like the it's like the thing where like people look at something and you can't really tell how far through early access it is. You know, it might just be enough to get that screenshot up there. 
Yeah, for um, all you know, it's early early in alpha, or or, or an it asset could be flip. just yeah, or or it could be just you know a month or two away from release. You don't know necessarily if they don't update the store page. Actually, say, oh, this is how far along we are in development. You know, we're in alpha, or we're in the end of beta, and we'll be releasing in you know x number of weeks, kind of thing. Yeah, what if, what if you could early access it like green light, but then the community had to vote for when your game was done, and you couldn't release until <laughs> the community said you were done? Ooh, boy, that would change the game. Yeah, it would, but I'm not sure if it would change it for the better because not. because trolls would just prevent games from being released, whether or not they were actually done. Yes, true, but you, you know what I'm saying, though. It's just oh, like, of course if you if you had to get if you had to get enough people to sign off and say, yep, it's done enough, then yeah. So maybe, maybe it's like a tiered early access. There's, there's mm. like the, it's damn near invisible early access. Like you have to hunt for that pain. You gotta really want it. You gotta really, really want it. And then there's like a final polish early access where it's like, okay, this thing, you know, it's, it's real. It's going to happen. We're, we're in the final days early access. There should be like a tiered thing, but uh, God, using it as a funding model is bullshit. That now, needs to what, go. one thing I'll mention here is I do appreciate that some devs uh, will actually release keys early on for closed beta, and it doesn't show up in early access un- until it actually hits the early access phase, and then other people can can get yeah. into that, and that's that, that's when it hits open beta. But if if early access was done like a closed beta where you can get your key, you can get into it, but the game doesn't show up on the store until it, until it's done enough. I could see that working a hell of a lot better than what we have right now. I think one of the biggest problems with early access is there's really uh, no consistency in how it's explained. There's no consistency of version numbers, no consistency of terminology, there's like I know some people who have their games in early access, but they're past 1.0. Not just Star Citizen, but there are a few others that can like like their version number 1.7 points. I'm like, are you out of beta? Are you out of early? Access? They're like, no, no, no. This is just our number. I'm like, why? Well, to confuse the consumer. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, why. It's lo- RMTZ guts. It it's loses all its meaning. Like early access is now just a catch-all term for just shit that isn't finished. But, it, I mean, where along the production line of this shit that isn't finished is this game? Is it pre-alpha? Yeah. Is and, it, ugh. And, and what about, okay, uh, so with Warhammer, right? Warhammer 40,000, uh, Eternal which Crusade. Okay. Which, which was, what, $40 whenever, whenever it came out in early access, right? And then they finally, at some point, well, they released it as like, hey, we're done. You know, it's it's released. And that's because they're desperate for money, right? So mm. so it was like, well, we got all the, the early access money. So if we tell people, okay, it's it's done enough that it's like done enough. So 1.0, and then they put it release status. And then people were gullible and like bought into it. And it was still a horrible, broken thing. And then like six months down the road, you know, like some 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 fairy dust got sprinkled on it, and it became magically good, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's and getting it was just better. Like, wow, this is great. And it's but getting better. 
Yeah, and their original plan was that they were going to have a free-to-play thing where like, the free-to-play players would only be able to play orcs, and then everybody that had paid money could be space marines and shoot the freebie guys, right? Which was fun, because it would be like a horde and shoot them. Um, but anyway, so all these people had paid 40 bucks, and then it finally did flip to free-to-play this week, last week, whenever. And uh, so they ended up giving everybody that had bought into the game uh, a free copy to give away. So, Which is really nice. You, That's yeah. Really, so if really you have nice. a friend that plays it, hit them up for their yeah, free I already, copy. I already gave my they have it. I already gave my uh, my free game away, my free copy away, and uh, that I think they're they've been working really hard to make that game great, and it is great. Yeah. But that but that's the thing though is like okay, it came out early access and they charge you know like premium price, and then it flips to free to play, right? So another game that did that was Call to Arms. And they went from a $30 game to a free-to-play game and gave the people who had paid 30 bucks nothing. And then their Steam rating immediately went super negative, and they're down in a hole they'll never get out of. So That's how you don't do that. Community. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they basically so, put the middle finger. So early, early access as a funding model is bullshit. Don't do it. I'm looking at maybe the, uh, maybe maybe Patreon as a funding model. It's it's like you're not buying into early access. It's like you're actually a backer of the game like on a monthly basis. And if we continue to turn out progress, you continue to stay as a subscriber to our Patreon and we get paid every month to keep making the game. That would be interesting because that's a residual thing, right? Right, and then if you if you fail to live up to whatever you said you're going to do, if they pull funding, then that's on you. Right, so people can stay as long as they feel comfortable, and they can run whenever things look bad. And so for, I don't know, maybe that's a better way. And for Eternal Crusade, I'm looking a lot of the people who are leaving it um, negative reviews right now are people who paid for it and don't like that it went free to play. But, but actually- they knew that from day one. That that was a thing. They said day one, like we're going to put some free to play in here. Yeah, and originally it was going to be a different thing than the whole damn game. But you know, we're going to give free players a slice of it. But I kind of like what they've done. I like that they give you a nice slice of the full game. And if yeah. you want to, if you if you really like your character and you want to go past a certain level, you got to pay. I think that's fine. Oh, is, that, is that how they did? It? I, I haven't think that's. Yet. I think that's how so they're doing. They, they level capped it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how they're doing. Like, you make these characters, but uh, to get past level like two or three, I think you got to pay. Um, and I I like that a lot better than just playing orcs, though. That was a nice well, you idea know, as well. That's basically like a demo at that point. It's like you yeah. can you can join in, you can play for a couple hours and decide: do you like this game twenty bucks or not? And from what I've played of it, yeah, the money would fly out of my pocket. Like. Bam, twenty bucks here. Take it. You know that's that's kind of the model we used with Quintet. Is is hey, you can try the game for free, and if you like it, you can pay us so that you can get access to all the maps. But we don't prevent you from joining a ship that's already launched in there. See, I like that model. See, the the thing with that model, honestly, and I and I'm just going to put this out there is we don't make as much money as if we had made it a front loaded thing. You pay right off the bat, but. We're also happy with that model because 
our players are happier with that model. Yeah, that seems well, to work. Well, it's kind of like the old it's kind of like the old days speaking of StarCraft. StarCraft when the original StarCraft came out before Brood War, you could do a spawn of the game. You could install a spawn of the game on a friend's computer and anytime you played, your friend could play with you. They didn't get the full campaign or anything like that, but when it came to like playing multiplayer, if you want to play a match against some AI or whatever, you could do that with your friend as a spawn. Or and it was great for land parties because you had like one person who owned the game, and then you could just install the spawn and everybody else's, and you know, still be legit. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking at what the free version of uh Eternal Crusade entails. And it's sorry, I was wrong. It's it's all it's four out of five classes, but slower progression on those. But interestingly enough, if you buy twenty thousand in game space bucks, you unlock the paid version. So that's kinda neat. I kinda like that. Uh, there aren't a lot of free to play space games, are there? Come to think of it. Right? Not that I can Most of them are loaded with the I with IAP and Ugh. they become pay to win. So yeah. We we made sure to avoid that with Quintet, but still. Yeah, someone told me that what was that Star Conflict game used to be like that? Uh but apparently it's gotten a lot better uh in terms of, you know, pay to win type stuff. But um the nice thing is that People are playing it, I guess. Sorry, I'm rambling now. <laughs> you know what that means. These podcasts are tiring, folks. They're very tiring. And uh, I still have stuff to do tonight. So we're going to start wrapping it up. Um, but yeah, 200 of these. And I think the general feeling we get after talking is that, like Jim said, we're happy that space games are back. But... There's a lot of room. Do better. There's a lot of room for improvement. There's been some great stuff. There have been some high points, but there's a lot of room for improvement. And my biggest concern is that we're going to get so oversaturated with like 4X games, or we're going to get so oversaturated with um, certain types of games that's go- it's going to come crashing down all over again, like it did in the 90s. You know. And and you're going to have some great games that come too late, and then they're not going to sell. And then it's like, oh, the genre's dead. Like Free Space 2, for example. And then we're going to have a dearth of another 10 years. <laughs> and only Eastern Europeans are going to be making space games again. Ooh, a new, a new uh, Tar Chronicles is out. Thank you. Yeah. I really don't want to come to that, developers. Again, so I guess it's good that some people make more than just space games. Like there are some developers like they'll make one space game, then they'll move on to something else. Like the paradox guys. Yeah, like vary your portfolio. Like the guy who made Drox Operative, he's also making zombie games and other action role playing things. So, um, so yeah, vary your portfolio, developers. Don't just make a space game, but make a good space game. 
Make an awesome space game. And if you're making a multiplayer space game, add fucking bots. That's like Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's my thing. Let let yeah, add a goddamn bot. It can't be that hard. Like look to Unreal Tournament for your inspiration. <laughs> or Quake even, because I mean like you look at any of the, the offspring of Quake three games from back in the day. You know, hello. <laughs> How are their bots? I didn't play a ton of Quake. I was I was much more of a YouTuber. They were they were good. They were good. I, I mean, you could yeah, you could you could do a lot with them. I mean, like you you look at the Elite Force and Elite Force Two that we've we've talked about in the past. That's true. Um, based based off of the Quake engine, and and they had bots and they had custom maps and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, even Renegade X has bots, by the way. Yes, that's yes, true. That's true. Um. So yeah, I I I guess that I guess the uh, the takeaway is we're happy, but we're cautious, and uh, we're a little wary. And I think we're a little tired <laughs> of certain things. Um, like, do we really need so many four X games? Again, going back to that. Like, well, I'm I'm just saying that the golden age classics are fondly remembered. For a reason, yeah. So I mean, there's maybe, some there's some nostalgic gla- there's some nostalgia glasses going on there, sure. But at the same there, time, there is some, but I also attribute it to the fact that there weren't very many games back then like we have now. It's true. It's true. So like, what you had to pick and choose from was limited. So like, maybe there's a game now that we have out there that we're just not really giving the time of day. That could be just fantastic, but that's true. It is is just really hard sometimes because you're just like you start playing it, and if it just doesn't click with you right off the bat, you're like next. You have eighteen thousand other things in your Steam library. Oh, so Eric, yeah, that's that's why puzzle mission space games. No, I'm looking at you. uh, Wouldn't fly because people will run up against Mm. that and bounce off. Yeah, because it's like I got other things I could be playing. I don't need to grind against this thing I can't beat. But you don't want to make it too easy either, right? So, yeah, difficulty slider. Uh, Eric says um, Eric on YouTube says that Quake Enemy Territories has good bots. I haven't played that though. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring that back, please. Oh, is, is that not around anymore? Well, that's this is the nah. new Quake that's coming out. No, Quake Wars, Enemy Territories. Oh, bro. Quake Wars. Oh, yes. That that was a pretty damn cool game. Is that so not I around anymore? Um, kind of. It's, it's barely. There's one server. It's generally got about 20 to 30 people on it. Oh. Um, but, but being it's, that it's one server with those 20 to 30 people, they're all, like, really good. Yeah, that they are. And honestly, it's just not as good a game as, like, Battlefield or whatever. My uh, my upgrade goggles were definitely on, <laughs> you know, like the the mental upgrade of like, oh, this game was great. And then I got in and started playing it again, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's got some pretty heinous flaws to it, but the concept is really cool, and it was it was interesting to have two very dissimilar teams that would fight over objectives because, like Battlefield, it's just like, well, they got different guns than us. Slightly like I got an AK and and he's got an M16. Okay, that's the only real difference. Well, the difference between human and Strog was, well, they're aliens and they have weird ass alien laser beam pew pew stuff, and we got regular conventional weapons, and that was amazingly great. You know, it's like they have like hover 
craft things and, and like Walker mechs and, and all kind of weird. And we've got like quad motorcycles and tanks. So yeah, it was a heck of a, of a difference. I think that would also work for like a command and conquer renegade X, like hmm. how renegade X we played that. Um, if, if that was very dissimilar, cause it, it's already like nod and GDI, but it's tanks and tanks and dudes. Right. If, if you took that and you made it like one side was freaking aliens and then the other side was normal humans, that would be kind of cool. You'd well, you know, um, uh, what is that? It's, uh, the shit, the space game. Uh, I, I cannot. Oh, natural selection. That's it. Because um, I was thinking N two, oh, which yeah. is the natural selection, like straight battle mode, doesn't need a commander. Um, but natural selection is kind of like that. Um, I just I, I wish that the the enemies in natural selection didn't look like gerbils and alligators and you know uh, if they were like xenomorphs from aliens, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But they're kind of like weird aliens they're they're yeah well apparently going back to this quake wars game you can download the full game apparently and a and yeah. a server oh neat where where do you get the game well, from yeah other other than like i put it in the, i put it in the stream chat it's actually on splashdamage.com okay. oh neat yeah because i i ended up like hunting for an iso i think i went to like iso zone or whatever and then trying to get the patch to be able to get on the one remaining server was kind of a bear. So maybe that, maybe that's these guys that put it up because they're trying to keep their server alive. Right. We've got to stay populated. So I don't know, but it, it's, it's not a bad game. And even if you never go online, just play it with bots and you'll probably have the same experience as you will with people because the bots are damn good and they're, they're convincing and probably better than most of the people that I've played with. Well, I'm definitely going to download it then because I want to try it. I, I love a good well, It's one of those games like Angels Fall First, which is another oh, game we need to revisit. Another great um, game. I don't, yeah. I don't like the space stuff. Like it, it seems like most people like the space things in that. I like it, the invading the, uh, the enemy ship. I don't so yes. much like the flying around in the Starfighters. I think that's weak. Um, I love that the you can fly in the, the Starfighter. Great. I love that you can fly the Starfighter into the ship and then invade it. Yes. That's what I Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yes. Or or you or you pack your buddies in a transport. You know, if you take a transport over and clamp it to the enemy ship and like blow a hole in the hull, it actually becomes a spawn room for your team. That's the true beauty. And angels fall first. A, Seriously? Yes. That's oh, how you do an invasion. Uh... You don't you don't have to fly in one guy at a time. You can actually clamp a spawn room onto the ship. Oh, causes great. all sorts of trouble. I think yeah, we definitely de- need to revisit it. But I the think, beauty of yeah. the beauty of Angels Fall First, as well as like Quake Wars, any game that has strong bots, is that a group of four of us could get together and just be like, we're going to go in and fight bots. Yes, you know? and we could yes. have bots on our team to fill out our team or not. You know, however, however you want to set that up. So at that point, that's great. You know, it's. It, because you can play it as if you were playing with a whole crowd of people, but you know, land party stuff. I think a lot of that is actually the bots were important in the land party days because you might have six people, you know, that show up. Yep. You could fill out the teams. Great. Well, 
you know, online, it's like, well, we have thousands of people playing whatever. We don't need that. And it's expensive to make good bots. And it's hard. Well, some, but the thing is, though, is you don't always want to have to play with randos. Like, you just want to maybe play with your friends. But if you don't have any friends around and you still want to right. play, give, give me bots. Yeah, one you know game. We need, we need a universal bot you can just plug into any game. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, one game that has pretty good bots that we're going to revisit soon is uh, Toxic. We're going to be playing that in, I think, a few weeks. So that's nice. going to be that's going to be a good time because that's a great game. Another good game with a good free to play model, by the way, is that one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna download Enemy Territory. I'm also going to put uh, Angels Fall first on the calendar. Um, but yeah, uh, folks, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to this kind of rambly, but we did cover a lot of ground, you know. I think I was the most rambly one, I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, 200 episodes. When did we bring you in, Hunter? Was it 100? Was it uh, episode 100? Yeah, me, bro. It's been, around, few, around there? been two years, I think. So I think it might have been episode 100-ish-esque. It was after I was on, because I was on as a guest in uh, episode 92. Yeah, oh, God, right, for Quintet. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And 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 uh, you guys are working on another space game now, right? Just yeah, we're, we're on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, Carmine is actually uh, going for his master's degree in computer science, so he's he's focusing on that. And we're kind of on a hiatus for development at the moment. Uh, RMTZ, uh, yeah, you. Oh, you're on episode seventy. Well, thank you for listening. You have a ways to go. But uh, memory leak death. The guy who made the uh, wings of Saint Nazaire. He works with. Uh, the Rebel Galaxy guys now. So uh, take that as you will. <laughs> so that's why you haven't seen anything from Wings of St. Nazaire, because he's not working on it anymore. <laughs> Which is kind of a shame, because that looks yeah, pretty Yeah, I wish great. he was making a cool oh, private like game. Say again, guys? I, I wish that, you know, the guy that was making Wings of St. Nazaire, because it kind of looked a lot like Wing Commander. I wish he was making a Wing Commander game, like like a privateer thing. I totally forgot about the Wings of Sinazera. I can't say anything. Spoilers. I, I can't say anything. Speculation. But, I don't um, officially know anything, but I. It's just like, yeah, it's in the air, right? I, I honestly. You can feel like it coming in the air tonight. I have no. Oh no! Obviously, you know more than me, and you're going to have to tell me as soon as we're off the air. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm. Sw- I can't even tell you off the air. That's how sworn to secrecy I am. I can't tell you a it thing. Must, it must be good. All right. Well, how long till you'll be able to tell me? Hopefully, not long. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But Travis is like, you can't talk about this to anyone. Okay. I won't. Freaking Travis. All right. That's we it. love him. We love him. We can't not love him. So we can't be mad at him. So we can't. <laughs> Folks, if you're not who we're talking about, we're talking about Pat Travis Baltry, the guy who made um, Rebel Galaxy and Torchlight and Fate. And did, didn't he work on Diablo? Mm, no, it was the other guy. I don't think he was on the Diablo thing. So was Fate his first gig? Uh, I think with, with with the two of them, yes. Because the Fate games were fabulous. Or wait, no, Fate and then... 
Right. So fate, he was doing and then fate, Torchlight. The was doing Diablo. Yeah. And right. then Fate and then Torchlight. And then um la, 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 la. and then yeah. Torchlight too. Yeah, Torchlight too, and then yeah. Rebel Galaxy. Um so yeah, uh this looks to be a pre- I don't know. I was gonna say it looks to be a pretty decent year for space game, but I don't really know because I don't know what's coming out uh, over the next year. Excuse me, and the year so far has been so. <laughs> well, been- it's like I looked on YouTube and I'm like, best space games coming out in 2017, and it's like just all crap that we knew about last year. All right, so there's nothing like new, new. Honestly, well, Everspace other- got an release date. It's coming out in True. May. Really? It, and Everspace so is, is so already is any, out as far as I'm concerned. No, They're, it's coming out of early access. Early access. Um, right, but 26. you know what I mean? Like, there's so much game there, I can't get to the end of it anyway. So, you know, they they don't have to finish the end of the game because I'll never see it anyway. So, it's good. But anyway, yeah. Um, um, yeah, we got Endless Space 2. And then we got Starfighter Origins. And honestly, I'm looking uh, for for like uh like Destiny. The new the new We're Star coming. Wars uh Battlefront two comes out at the end of this year, but I'm not ex- saying I'm excited, but at least they're saying it's gonna be a campaign, so I mean we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna wait and see like yeah. a month after release. Wait I'm, and see. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not pre ordering nothing on that. I'm wondering if it's going to be like the original Battlefront. Like Battlefront One was all right, but Battlefront Two was amazing. You know, I thought the original. Yeah, our our opinion our opinion differs greatly on Battlefront Two. I think it's okay, but only in multiplayer. Like well, the, yeah, because the you know the the single player is like multiplayer, just a chain of missions and bots. But it it's just like. I I don't know. I'm I'm just not so into that. If it, was, if it was more like Battlefield Two, Battlefield Three, Four, but with a Star Wars skin on it, you know, where I could mm. I could actually play it like crouch behind shit, like lean around a corner, you know, shoot at people instead of like stand out in the middle of the street with my blaster out. Pew, could pew, you do? Could yeah. you do that in Republic Commando? Dude, you could totally do that shit though. Like you're just not exploring mm. it well enough. Yeah, okay, but the bots ain't doing that either, right? They're standing mm. out in the middle of the street, like, you know, like scared. Well, What's cover? What the hell is cover? Exactly. <laughs> well, we are returning to Battlefront 2 in a few weeks on um, May 4th. Huh. May the 4th be with nice. you. Nice. I didn't plan that. I swear to God, I did not plan that. I'm keeping it, <laughs> but I did not plan that. Um, and we're going to be using that massive mod, the, uh, the Saga mod. Nice. So that's exciting. We'll we'll kill lots of Gungans that evening. All the Gungans will die, and all the Ewoks. (laughs) Our multiplayer calendar calendar is full up until July, you guys. You believe that? July. Like, holy Christ. (laughs) And, well, and, and, Hunter, what did you want to rename Multiplayer Madness to? Oh, I thought it would be fun to like name it to like Land Party Thursdays. Huh. I'm not against it. What do you guys think, Spaz and, and Jim? We call it Land of the Lost. Bah! No. Slee stacks and shit. I don't know. No, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
I like that though. I might. I'm gonna think yeah, I'm good that. with that. Yeah, I might change it because it does. It, I, as much as I love the alliteration, it does pop a little more. You know what I mean? It, it, it jumps at you a little more than multiplayer madness. I think. Anyway, uh, folks, thank you for listening to this. Uh, pretty awesome, I think. 200th episode. I can't believe again. 200 episodes. Thank you, Jim, for suggesting this goddamn podcast in the first place. This whole thing was ultimately your idea. And we should never lose sight that you are owed the credit for that. Or the blame. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that too. No, I thought you were going to say thanks for, for not salt mining on Elite like I do. Uh, that's that's just because I, oh, I want to love it. You more. didn't. That's true. Thank you. I know. I didn't I, even think I, of that. I, I you you did it so qu- subtly. I didn't even notice. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Well, it, because it, it's not bad. It just is. I see. Yeah. A we. Lot of it's just we love it. We isn't. love it, and we know it could be better. It's like a, right. it's but like I, we're, it's it, like I we're see teachers. A stubbornness. It's yeah. the stubbornness that we will not fix it. It's like because we're a teacher it's with vision. It's like we're a teacher with a really smart student that just won't apply themselves. It's exactly how it feels. That was my childhood. <laughs> Failure to apply myself. Uh, yeah, uh, mine as well. Honestly, That's very familiar. Yeah, it does. It does, doesn't it? Um, but folks, I want to thank you for being with us through God multiple hundreds of episodes now. Oh my God. Um, I guess we got to act like we know what we're doing from now on. Maybe. Do we? I don't know. No. <laughs> so the, the one, one thing that I really wish, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fertile ground, right? Uh-huh. Because there's Star Trek, there's Star Wars. And uh-huh. I kind of said this in the pre-show chat that we had. There, Star Trek, Star Wars, right? The middle ground of those two franchises is Mass Effect. No, it's Mass Effect because you you don't have uh, it's it's kind of hard sci-fi because you don't have like teleporters and stuff, right? But they still have faster than light travel. But they also have like a cantina full of weird aliens, and they have space wizards. You know, it's like they kind of magicy uh, stuff because it's fantasy right? with spaceships is basically what it is. Kind of, yeah, but it, but it's also got a foot in the Star Trek, like the exploration and the yeah. diplomacy. There's not the, a lot that, of exploration right? in Star Wars, though. Like it's like they all know the, no, where everything is already. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Like Star Trek is um, one thing, and Star Wars is the other thing, and Mass Effect sits right in the middle with. Good You're not going to get both. me to play Mass Effect. You're not. No, just, no, no. Uh, oh, this okay. is this is an open inv- invitation to the world to say, you know what, Mass Effect one and two, and the first three quarters of three, were pretty perfect as far as lore building, games and stuff. And then with uh, Andromeda, it is what it is. I'm just not real enthused with where they went. Um, it has good. It has some interesting ideas, but. That's not what I would have done, right? But look at Mass Effect and and look at that as an example of a cool thing, right? That that straddles the line between space wizards and a, a, a more realistic sci-fi, right? And then put a different skin on it, something original, so it isn't Mass Effect, but the the core idea 
of, you know, ride the line between the two halves of Trek and Wars. And, uh, you know and what you could call make it? Make something that doesn't even fucking have humans. You know, what, you know what you could call it? The circuit. The circuit. Why, why would you call it that? Oh, come on, man. So Spass earlier posted something in movies, music, and television. And you've been talking for a while now about this whole thing with like the Star Trek IP and whatnot and how they should just come up with its own unique thing. Yeah, open track. Open source, that's whatever. So the circuit is exactly what that is. Really? And if you look at the names of the people working on it. Are they writing like a, a Bible? for this universe and then they're it's, it's all it going to be it's all going to be done by people that were involved in these like fan films that were former star trek like actors producers directors and not even just on those projects but like on movies such as iron man and so on and so forth oh and cool they're bringing in the you know like all these other like hollywood people that have done professional crap to do this new thing this new sci-fi anthology thing and it's also going to be like supported by the fans and it's mostly people from like the 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 trek universe fans but uh it's its own unique open source thing i will absolutely support this with everything i've got as long as they promise me there will be no time travel (laughs) well it needs to be no temporal war crap but you know people you know would be good is to take that and then again make it like what you're wanting for this game so well it not yeah but not even a game just a just a world right that you could put anything in it's it's basically the open trick this is more like open mass effect right like take take the idea of mass effect move it the hell out of our our, our galaxy to andromeda no not not andromeda um but to but but just take it to somewhere else where humans have never been, right? And and then you can have some unique races. And you could have some kind of like humans, maybe, so that people have something to kind of identify with. But that way you can you can just it's a blank slate, man. Do whatever you want to do, and you're not limited to human baggage at that point, right? So yeah, it it would be it would be like a a, a good game of uh, Stellaris. Or something, but with role playing and spaceships and pew pew. Sure, hmm. I'll have to check that out. Um, what's it called again? Yeah, like take 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 a game of Stellaris and all the weird aliens that you cook up in there, and then and then just say, okay, this is the universe, right? And then uh, that that's your background, and then create a game in there that's something that we want, not not four X. But say just, like Rebel Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just like okay, here's these empires and how they interact with each other and what their attitudes are and stuff. All right, and then uh, you get to play as one of them. You know, pick, assemble your crew. There you go. Oh, the circuit thing looks pretty nifty. I've always wanted a game. That uh, that was actually playing a 4x in the background, and I could influence it. But I'm just one ship. That's Drax right? operative. So it's not. That's Drax. Yeah. That's Drax yeah. operative. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly that. what but, that is. But but from a, d- a different perspective than like a Diablo kind of game. 
though. I mean, like Rebel Galaxy, but the galaxy is going on around me. Kind of X kind of does that, right? Like you can start wars, you can be just a witness to wars that break out between sectors, things like that. That kind of stuff. I dig that. And and that way, if I if I want to kind of help the war effort or whatever, it kind of kind of like the promise in Elite. Right. It's like, hey, two corporations went to war. Which side do you want to back? Well, in the long run, because of their game system, it doesn't matter and nothing really changes. Um, but in a single player experience, it sure as hell would. Because it's MMOitis, right? Like I slay the dragon five minutes later, it's back waiting for the next guy. Uh, that's very distracting to me. But if I if I kill it, it stays dead in a single player game. All right. And that, that's why I like I like uh, small scale buddy co op, like four players max, right? And uh, the world stays the way you made it, and that would be really cool. That would be really cool. Ah, it's kind of a shame that there's been so much awesome and so much not awesome. Well, you know, we're building that yeah. toward. The awesome. You, you have to get a foundation going, and then we'll something awesome. truly great. Yeah, yeah, something truly great can happen. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll be lucky in Starsis, and it'll be awesome. Maybe, maybe the Volition guys are going to be like, "Hey, you know, my breath. We're really tired of making the Saints Row crap. Let's make more spaceships." And oh we'll God! Like, Yay. I would fucking. I I would if 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 the guys of Volition say we'll make Free Space Three or something like it. If you find your mother and shoot her in the head. Okay, give me a gun. Well, oh, wait a minute. I got gun. the best. I'll do it. This is the best. We, every time we talk Star Citizen, we say GTA in space, right? Uh, well, who, who made awesome spaceship games and now makes GTA game? <gasps> Volition. Volition. Do it. Dun, dun, do it. dun. Do I, want, I want Saints in space. Star Saints. Do it. Saints Row of Asteroids. Right, and I could actually have a ship that is a giant purple penis in space. That would be because they would do that for me. They would they would just be like, "Here's your giant star phallus." Yeah, RMTZ is right. They don't have the license for free space three for free space anymore. I don't remember who does, but eh. and any any place where any game series where you had a dildo bat and you could beat people up with it. Just take that into space, and God knows. Imagine Jedi, right? It would make, be like a laser version Why don't they of just that. make your spaceship a giant bat? You just hit other ships with it. Why didn't that yeah. ever happen? Yeah, that would work. I'd play that. <laughs> now we're getting crazy. Flailing, flailing speed. <laughs> Line up and the pitch. He's bad the ship into the sun. That's a great shot right there. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hit a shit right ship right into the sun. Uh, oh yes, with Newtonian physics. Well, with, with Wesley Crusher, he could make the posimetric shields that we would forget about next week. No, that was a Ferengi that made those the uh, the, the sun shields, right? That was his. That was that was Bev Crusher that used them that one time. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I I just remember Will Wheaton would invent something every week. That would save them. Oh, bacon. that was only like the, the first next week, season and a half. The next week, <laughs> they would have no memory of it. It was almost like the men in black guys were like, look at the pen. <laughs> and then they couldn't remember how they saved their own asses last week because it would really be handy this week, too. So, whatever. All right. <laughs> I give up. All right, folks. The joys of having different writers.
for Thursday's uh, Land Party Thursday, I got to remember to rename it that because I like it actually. Now that I think about it more and more, we're going to be returning to an old RTS classic that was um, re-released on Steam a little while back, Rise of Nations. We're going to be playing that on uh, Thursday. If we were a fantasy podcast, it would be like Land of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh next week on the podcast the guest I'm trying I tried to get they've not confirmed so I don't know what we're going to do next week on the show. I really really don't. Um so Travis yeah. Baldry will be here to no. Someone just suggested we get either John Henry or Martin Carillis. And I say his last name. Uh back. Yeah, Cyrillus. Dude, I I want Marty back. Uh, I think we us, need. He can tell us more stories about Roomba's suicide. I think we than, need more. <laughs> I think we need more notice than a week for the poor guy. I think he's probably busy with Kaiju Go Go Two or whatever he's working on now. Yeah, or, what are they doing? Now? I don't know. It's like probably I, a I, privateer game. I know they're still putting out stuff for um for um for Kaiju Go Go, right? I don't know. I haven't seen I anything think, in a while. I think they they did Amish? that. They did that like gray goo looking monster. Yeah, the and did 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 they didn't they put out something a little while back for Sword of the Stars: The Pit? Or am I am I getting things? Yeah, they had the Necromancer expansion, but that's yeah, been a while. That's been a while. So I'm not sure what they're working on. I mean, they have to Sword of the Stars like three. No, no, that's not happening. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be they great. Could save it. They could say, I, you know, I would, I would totally be down for playing some Sword of the Stars on a Thursday, the or first a one, Sunday, the first or a Saturday, one. or any damn day. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah I've, I've just never the, figured out the second one. Now, I don't if know if anyone wants has. to come. If Martin wants to come and give us a tutorial and show us why the second one is absolutely amazing, then I'm down for that. I got the feeling he didn't even think game. it was amazing because it, it just it was released in such well, they, a state. You know? Well, that's the thing. They, but then they also like worked for free to fix it, so they they did put the commitment in. It's they took it as far as they they reasonably could, right? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that he's got some things that he would much rather have done with it. But I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe we're missing it. Like there was some fundamental changes that just didn't click with us. But if we were perhaps shown by a master. Of of how to actually enjoy that thing, maybe it's it's better than we know. I don't know. I don't either. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into that. But yeah, we got to go. It's getting late. So, uh, folks, thank you for listening. Uh, again, last minute, last thing. We we're running, still running that contest. We got some great reviews on iTunes. But if you uh, if you'd like to have a chance to win some free games, leave us a review on iTunes, take a screenshot of it, and email it to me. Details are going to be on the site, spacegamejunkie.com, if you look at the posts for the podcasts, All the details are there. Um, so, yeah, leave us a nice review, or uh, leave us an honest review, because we've gotten some three- and four-star reviews. Um, because so I leave still, us an honest five-star review. Leave us an honest review. That would be great. And uh, even if it's just three or four stars... It, more reviews the better because it gets us more visibility uh so thank you folks uh for watching and listening thank you hunter and spaz and jim of course for co-hosting yeah if a two and a three could be combined you would have a five star i don't know if it works that way 
be great if it oh, did, no. though. But anyway, good night, everyone. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. Desert skies here.